tonight on Invasion of the Weird. We go into conspiracy theories that aren't quite theories. Terrifyingly true tales of the corruption that goes on just behind the curtain in the U.S. government and governments around the world. You know, nowadays, the word conspiracy theory, or if you're called a conspiracy theorist, it's only flung around to immediately discredit you on your ideas. But we want to show you something tonight to make you take another look. Conspiracies perpetuated that actually happened. Things so strange, it's astonishing that they are true. But you know what they say, the truth is stranger than fiction. I'm your host, Agent H, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, the G-Man. How you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me. So I figured tonight we'd go over some of the, you know, this will probably be a two-parter. So part one, and then tune in later this week for part two. We dive into the things that have actually happened that either aren't being talked about enough or folks straight up wouldn't believe you if you try to tell them about it today. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of proven conspiracies out there that people will not believe because they were just theories at one point. But after we get those declassifications out there and the gov slowly starts to trickle in the truth of what happened all those years ago, then we start to understand. But before we get into that, I want to talk about how fantastic the first episode went by. I love your uh, intros, and I am always awfully aware of your awesome alliteration. You know, it's not an accident that on purpose I have the audacity to act out on certain actions. Ah, oh, this is hard. It was worse than the time that I was a uh, rapping gnome in D&D. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> All right, G-Man. As a fellow man in black, we dive into tales of the extraterrestrial, the unidentified, and the flying. How certifiably insane is it that the Pentagon came out with Navy footage of flying saucers mid-corona pandemic, and nobody gives half a duck's ass. I mean, it's certainly insane. We've had way too many people out there saying they're trying to see them aliens and get that proof that they exist. Then the government came out and was like, hey, unidentified flying object. Nobody cares. Craziest part is, six months prior to the Rona, we were all rooting, tooting, ready for shooting on an, uh, raiding Area 51. Yeah, you would think. You would think that with the public having so much interest, at least feigned interest, in aliens, extraterrestrials, and uh, raiding Area 51, that they would have given them something. Like, hey... 
don't show up, here's a little nibble. I guess it worked out in their favor because it was a, a there was an abysmal turnout. I think uh, one lady tried to rush the gates, and she was in her sixties. You know, I wish I knew her name, but she's the hero of my heart, and uh, all our love goes out to her. That's true. She had nothing to lose and was going to go down in the history books as the one old lady that had the balls to actually raid Area 51 after, you know, a couple of people actually showed up. It was a good meme for a while. Everybody had the battle cry of, let's clap some alien cheeks. You know, the funny thing, the term Area 51 wasn't acknowledged by the U.S. government until 2013, I believe. So the story was blown open by, and we'll do a whole episode on this. Uh, today we're just trying to talk about what is set in stone for sure a fact. So just to go off on a slight diatribe, a man by the name of Bob Lazar claimed to have worked at an area within Area 51 called S4 where he worked on exotic materials, a.k.a. flying saucers, to figure out how a gravity-propelled craft could operate. Craziest thing about it, Area 51 isn't acknowledged. Man comes out in the 80s. It's not acknowledged until uh, 2013. And your boy says he works with Element 115 long before Element 115 is ever synthesized. Uh, 115, a.k.a. Muscovium. Uh, allegedly, the craft that he was working on worked off of a stable molecule of this which is something that we haven't been able to replicate muscovium when we've made it has only lasted like a second it immediately deteriorates insanely short half-life because they haven't found a stable isotope of it but if mr lazar is correct this isotope will allow you to create a gravity field and you're basically godlike at that point once you figure it out. Anyways, there's a lot of things that he claimed that came true years and years after his story broke. And I've been telling the same story for 31 years. Hasn't changed. Hasn't made a dime off of it. And we'll, we'll dive into that one later. But I'm talking about the cover-up of... The Nimitz, a.k.a. the Tic Tac UFO encounter by the U.S. Navy. So 2004, pilots catch on film a craft that moves and reacts remarkably like what Mr. Lazar said, the capabilities of the craft he was working on at Area 51 would move on film. 
pilots wanted to engage it. They could not. They only had practice rounds on the fighter jets. When asked, blown my mind, just even talking about it. So they lose it for a second, right? The pilots go to meet up back at the rendezvous point. In a split second, the craft that they had been tracking was already at their rendezvous point before they even turned around to go there. What is this thing? Pentagon comes out this year during the Rona, shows the video that was leaked not too long ago, and admits that these are unidentified flying objects, meaning they don't know what it is, but the capabilities of these things is absolutely insane. If they're not alien, which is terrifying in itself, and they're not one of ours, whose are they, and what countries are they? Are they Atlanteans? Is this some crazy rabbit hole that we go down? Um, it's definitely a rabbit hole to go down. I wouldn't say today is the case. However, you know, plenty of people tell you that Atlantis is there. We can't verify it with prove it. It might be in the Sahara Desert. That is, I have seen things about that. In uh, Mauritania, they believe uh, there is a site that matches the description of the fabled Atlantis. But we'll go, you're right, we'll do a bigger deep dive on yeah, that later. We'll, we'll hit that. I think today we should really see what the listeners are intrigued on. We'll go ahead and make some small introductions on a lot of common cover-ups, things that people know, and wait for the feedback on it. Um, I just want to point out okay. one last thing about this. So this video was taken in 2004. It is not acknowledged until 2020. To me, that's a classic. They're covering it up because they covered it up for 16 years. And it wasn't until the film was released that they had to say anything. Do you know who is responsible for the leak of this film? I don't think I do. All right. Hold on to your seat. This is another example of truth being stranger than fiction. Mr. Aliens Exist himself, Tom DeLonge of Blink-182 fame. Oh, yeah. Who stopped playing with the band to full-time research aliens and UFOs and is currently hired by the U.S. Army to do that work, is responsible for the leak of the footage that had the Pentagon come out and say, UFOs are real. We're going to say it mid-pandemic, so nobody cares. Man, everybody thought he was crazy. No, he's not. All right, well, if we're going to go into the most absurd cover-ups or confirmed conspiracies... Confirmed conspiracies is a good title. That is a good title. Confirmed conspiracy, not by us, the Americans, but by the Canadians. You're telling me it's confirmed conspiracy of the Canadians? Confirmed conspiracy of the Canadians. Confirmed conspiracy of the Canadian Canucks? We are doing the alliteration again. You are correct. All right. 
So our brothers to the north and the great white north, uh, I don't know. I, I can't see them doing anything uh, too horrible. What, what what did they do? Do they have some sort of a Sasquatch on a leash? or No, not quite. They not quite. Um, you know how radars work and how they can detect things? Yeah, yeah, if something is nearby and has a radio signature based off the echo, kind of like how uh, dolphins echolocate their food. Right, right, right. Bats and so such. they tried a similar thing, but to find homosexuals. They tried to develop a gaydar in the 60s. They called it the fruit machine. <coughs> the confirmed conspiracy of the Canadians that you have uh, brought to us tonight is that the Canadian government invented something called the fruit machine to find the gays. And yes, it proves that uh, Canadians are not as woke as they claim. Canadians are not as woke as they claim. All right. <laughs> I hate to ask. Tell me more about the fruit machine. All right. So the fruit machine was developed by a man named Frank Robert Wake. And allegedly it was supposed to uh, read like sweaty palms and pupils dilating and your stress levels. Like a polygraph. Like a polygraph. But while they strapped civil service members, uh, the Mounties. The Royal Canadian Police. Yes, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police all up to this machine and forced them to look at images and called it a stress test to see how stressed they would be on the job is what they claimed. Okay, but what did they slip in there? A lot of gay porn. A lot of gay porn. So you're strapped up to a machine looking at a screen and it's like, Moose, Beaver, Tom Hortons, Tim Hortons. Damn, we're going to get some Canadian flack. Canadian geese style. And then big swingers. <laughs> and then big swingers. <laughs> All right. So what is the point of a, the Canadian gaydar, the fruit machine? I can't believe that they made I mean, we're on the confirmed conspiracies of the Canadian Canucks. So it happened. It, it did happen. What is the, pers what is the purpose? The purpose is to purge the... Civil, the infrastructure really of Canada to rid their workforce of homosexual members. No more, no more gay military members, no more gay policemen, civil servants, anything. So I have here that the Canadian Gaydar tested 9,000 people. That is correct, 9,000. And if you failed the stress test or the fruit test, you were you were fired. Do you happen to have the number on how many people lost their jobs? Uh, I believe four hundred were removed from their duties. Is what yeah, said. that's right. Military that's service, police service, civil service. The, the problem with the problem with the fruit machine is it didn't have the proper controls. So one of the things that really Correct me if I'm wrong. One of the things that really uh, looked at was pupil dilation when you're looking at things. Because there's that whole thing where if, if you look at something changing. that you love, 
your uh, eyes dilated, right? That, that's your favorite theory. things. Yeah. Uh, but if you go from a dark image to a bright image, back and forth, real quick transition, you're actually gonna do the same thing. So I want to know how many people lost their jobs because they pseudoscienced a test. Yeah, they didn't even take into account, and they said after all it was declassified that they didn't take into account the change of light in the slides. That's insane. Speaking of the Canadians, this next one seems to be the granddaddy of a lot of conspiracy theories these days. And it's a, a joint effort by the U.S. and Canada. I want to preference it by saying something happened first. So... In May of 1941, the war had just begun. Germans had the biggest ships. They had the biggest guns. Yes. You got to stick to Bismarck. Anyways, the Allies win World War II. Nazism defeated in Europe. Imperial Japan is defeated in the Pacific. The Italians lost somewhere along the way. Switch Twice. sides. Whatever. <laughs> like that meme that's going around that's uh huh italy we're losing the war you're losing the war <laughs> anyways for fear that the soviets and albeit they were doing this exact same thing that the soviets were scooping up the brightest minds of nazi germany the u.s did the same thing and the problem with that is that being Nazis, these scientists were not squeaky clean. Right. So in an operation that predates the CIA, Operation Paperclip, if you've heard of it. Yes. We scooped up as many bright Nazis as we could and then... Gave them new backstories. One of the most famous ones, the most famous one, would be uh, the darling of NASA, Werner von Braun, the man that Saturn rockets took us to the moon. Pre-war, he was still making rockets, but they were flying into Britain and blowing stuff up. Yeah, that translates. Really it translates. Easily. So the problem is... These Nazi scientists didn't just go into NASA, another uh, betterment of humankind type science agencies of the U.S. payrolled. Now we get into the granddaddy of a lot of conspiracies. One of the most evil things that the U.S. has arguably ever done. And we'll do a much bigger deep dive on this another time. But I want to introduce you to Project MKUltra. Arguably, which has its roots in the scientists that we brought back and threw straight into our intelligence agency because the commie reds were doing the same thing. We had to beat them at their own game. Which is a lot of reasons 
why some of these experiments under the umbrella of MK Ultra were so horrific. It's because we assumed, rightfully in a lot of cases, the Soviets were doing it already. And if they were going to do it, we were just going to do it better. That's a Cold War in a nutshell. That is if the communists are going to do it, we're going to do it better. So I can go all day about the Cold War. Yeah, we'll we'll probably do it at some point. So between 1950 and 1973, allegedly, and I say allegedly because that's the official start date, the official end date of MK Ultra, and that's what we're going to cover in this episode on official things that we officially know. But you're telling me that uh, the government's not doing things like this nowadays? No, no, they definitely are, and I can tell you exactly what we're talking about. I'll give the folks out here a brief cliff notes. Go ahead and dive in for me. Are All you right. talking about Project Midnight Climax? You know, that is one of the pieces I was going to dive into. So MK Ultra was, for lack of a better term, a mind control experiment. Right. An espionage experiment. And really a super soldier ex experiment. Operation Midnight Climax was one piece of this. So, in New York City and in San Francisco, the CIA ran brothels. Right. They ran whorehouses, paid the girls, had a hotels for the Johns, and as these ladies of the evening brought their clients back to a room, they were not told that behind the mirror was a man sitting at a desk recording everything and taking notes. What he was recording and what he was taking notes on was the women dosing these unsuspecting U.S. citizens with copious amounts of LSD, also known as acid. So the whole idea was they would drug these men up so bad while the prostitutes asked them questions about uh, sensitive information of their life to see what level of LSD you need to give an enemy soldier for him to, you know, just spill the beads. It's, it's the perfect cover. Think about it. G-Man. Yeah. If you're going to unlawfully drug and experiment on somebody, why not do it in an illegal activity already? Yeah, if if somebody say say the CIA got caught, um, and they're like, "Hey, there's a guy behind that mirror." Who's gonna believe you? Like the CIA caught me, drugged me, and experimented on me while I was visiting a brothel. Where's the thing? They wouldn't even know it was the CIA. What are you supposed to do? You go back to the fellas, or even worse, you go back to your wife and be like, "Hey, Martha, the weirdest thing happened." So I went down to the brothel the other day. 
And then I started seeing colors, and there was blood coming out of the walls. <laughs> no, you kept that to yourself because, you know, culturally, it wasn't the best thing at the time to visit a uh, hard-working woman, a cat house full of hard work ethic women. <laughs> Another thing that happened. So it, it seems that LSD was one of the main tools that they played with. Yes. Uh, one thing that they were 100% doing, and they got really ballsy in San Francisco. I'll, I'll leave that as it is. I don't know if San Francisco is the way it is now. Has any effect on what the CIA had been and has been doing. That's another thing for another episode. But they were literally just scooping dudes out of uh, bars, just dropping acid and watching them in the bar, see what would happen, <laughs> see if they go crazy. And yeah, some of them did. You know, you're having a good day, and then heads start flying around. <laughs> the walls start breathing. Everyone talks distorted. Shit's growing out of people's faces. Insane. Or they would abduct people off the beach, drug them, because that's what you do, and then throw them in a sensory deprivation tank, lock the tank. So I know some of you have seen this on Stranger Things, where Eleven's real mom is completely fried. That's based off of MKUltra. They were just throwing so much acid on people's brains to see what would happen, to try to break them, try to mold them, and see if they could do something with them. I'll tell you right now, you're a piece of shit for not giving a spoiler alert. Oh, spoiler alert. If you haven't seen the first season of Stranger Things that came out, what, five years ago? I have no idea. I, I, think, I think the statute of limitations on spoiler alert is over at this point. Well, thanks for the reminder, G-Man. If I uh, reference something in the pop culture zeitgeist more recently, I will make sure to give a spoiler alert so you can hit that fast-forward button next time. Another thing, MKUltra, just because it blows my mind that this happened. Have you ever heard of something called a Manchurian Candidate? Yes. Will you please inform me on inform the listeners on that? The Manchurian candidate is somebody who in all intents and purposes is completely normal until a secret code is either shown to this person or spoken to this person. The trigger, as I would say, could be anything. Something that shouldn't come up on its own is something that seems innocuous enough where you wouldn't recognize it if you weren't the target. So you've seen Zoolander. Oh, spoiler alerts for a couple movies real quick. <laughs> Zoolander. They kidnap Derek Zoolander, Ben Stiller's character, brainwash him, and then put a piece inside of his brain to get triggered so he murders the Malaysian Prime Minister. Yes. Right? Another recent movie. Another spoiler alert. American Ultra. A little too on the nose. 
American Ultra, based off MK Ultra experiments. Jesse Eisenberg's character and a chick from Twilight, it, who's her handler. They're both stoners. Total deadbeats in the movie. Lady walks in while Jesse Eisenberg's character works at 7-Eleven, you know, not giving a crap about anything, just smoking. Copious amounts of the reefer. Jazz cigarettes, if you will. And says, uh, I don't know, blue artichoke aardvark, which happened to be MK Ultra code names. And he becomes a super soldier spy machine. This is because as declassified on accident, one of the things they tried in MK Ultra was to, again, fill somebody up with so much LSD that they would literally break their mind. But they were hoping for specifically getting on dissociative uh, personality disorders or, uh, I hope I said the right one, but better known in popular culture as split personality disorder where you have multiple identities within your own brain. Horrible affliction for somebody that actually has it. But the trick was, at least as far as MKUltra was concerned, that they could, one, specify in, lock down on one specific sub-identity within your own split mind. So they've already broke you. They have you act and get trained completely under this identity that your own mind has constructed for you. Correct. To do whatever they wanted you to do. And then they turn around and repress it. So bury it deep in your own psyche so you didn't even know it was there. And then work on repairing the rest of your brain, right? Seems far-fetched. The idea, you said, Oscar, Charlie, Purple Bird, Otter. And you would come out of it and karate chop somebody's head off. Right. That's a Manchurian candidate. That's what these movies have been based off of. I got, do you have any thoughts on that before I get into uh, one more? Because uh, Canadians did another one that was a little Are you, super rough as far as MK Ultra is concerned. Well, I mean, I've got more things to talk about, about the CIA and their reach. Not, right. Before we get off MK Ultra. Okay. Just because I don't want America to seem like the worst in this one. Uh, the Canadians, well, a Canadian, a psychiatrist running a psychiatric hospital, uh, was paid, was on the payroll with the CIA to the tune of $80,000 in the 60s, which is an insane amount of money. It'd be hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, I think right around half a million dollars but my impromptu inflation ideas are a little off. 
Is that alliteration? Anyways, this guy under, I believe it was Operation Artichoke. I apologize if I get it wrong. But under the Artichoke umbrella of MKUltra, this man was diagnosing people with mental disorders they did not have so that he could do mind control experiments on them. So, for example, one man went in with depression after getting a divorce. And uh, the doctor takes one brief cursory uh, glimpse at him and goes, oh, yeah, you're, you're schizophrenic. Let's put you in the sleep room. Puts him in a medically induced coma. After interviewing him for a long time, a bunch of questions about what he did, he then cut the tape of their interview to have this patient in his own words Technically, it's made out of his words, but he never said this exact phrase to say, you killed your mother. And then just played it on repeat while dosing this guy with LSD, angel dust, PCP, amphetamines, in a medically induced coma with headphones on his head of his own voice going, you killed your mother, you killed your mother, you killed your mother, just to see what would happen. And of course, uh, dude woke up, not okay. Another example, <laughs> and they wrote down. Jesus fucking Christ! They wrote down in their journal. In their journal, uh, a lady came in, and same story. And I'll, I'll find the names if anybody's curious. Uh, we'll probably go back over it in an MK Ultra deep dive. I didn't want this to turn into an MK Ultra deep dive, but hello, Mr. Rabbit. Welcome to the rabbit hole. We'll call her Jane because I can't think of her name off the top of my head. They dealt her with a bunch of LSD. Surprise, surprise. And then put her in a coma and did the same thing to her. When she woke up, they'd ask her questions about her life. Rinse and repeat until the only thing she could remember was her name, and then she couldn't remember her own name, and then she physically could not remember how to function. They wiped her entire brain. They had to, they go, oh, she's cured. Release her to a family that she doesn't know. She doesn't even know how to use a toilet. Her family had to teach them who they are, who she is, and how to wipe her own ass. For the heck of it. And just to cap it off, just so you know I'm not blowing smoke, all the files of this were ordered destroyed by the head of the CIA in the 70s. There's only two things that you can count on any government being. To be corrupt, obviously. The second one is to be inept. Do you know why we know about MKUltra? Let me, let me give this a, a guess. I'm going to say that they were ordered destroyed... And, you know, most of it did. There's probably like a couple boxes still sitting in a warehouse somewhere. There was literally two boxes full of files or horrible experiments they had done sitting in a warehouse, misfiled under something else. In 1995, President Bill Clinton publicly apologized for the actions of the U.S. government. Better, 
it would be better put that the U.S. shadow government of the CIA and the Alphabet Boys experimenting illegally on U.S. citizens. Hey, I'm uh, sorry that we uh, fucking OD'd everybody on LSD. Also, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. <laughs> Here's a sax solo. Don't think about it. It never happened. The Canadian government also came out and had to apologize because, uh, you know, they also let it happen. Uh, speaking of the CIA, I think you you have a point about people on the payroll? Oh, yeah. Um, everybody knows... Uh, I wouldn't say everybody knows how we've been a part of many proxy wars for ever, really. And by that, I mean we are funding certain people to win certain conflicts so they can act more preferably towards the U.S. Gotcha. Everybody knows that. Still down to this day. Down to this day, there are plenty of governments that do that. They call it uh, defending your interests or Correct. funding your interests. Correct. Well, the uh, holy man known as the Dalai Lama, the 14th Dalai Lama to be specific, got a annual salary of about $180,000 while he was working on the dismantling of the Chinese infrastructure against in Tibet in Tibet uh, I, I can totally see that happening well obviously it did happen but I, I, I could never think that the Dalai Lama what was the number double O um uh, I don't know what I do know is it's probably those fat stacks that make him be so smiley in all the pictures and for the record, as this podcast is meant to let people know about what's going on in the world, I'd like to take one second to make a personal view out there and say, fuck the Chinese government right now, today. Yes. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a criminal now in China. You know, uh, actually, that's another thing we should definitely talk about. Uh with the Chinese government locking down on Hong Kong right now as we speak, they did just pass a law that anybody who uh, dissents against the Communist Party of China is subject to arrest if they ever step foot on Chinese soil. Thanks. So it's just a transfer plane, if right? If you transfer through an airport that's technically Chinese controlled under this law, you can't be arrested. And we could talk all about the horrible things that China's doing. Uh, you saw the drone footage of the Uyghur the concentration, concentration camps. camps. Yeah. Literally blindfolding, blindfolded, shaved head, arms behind their back, being loaded on trains. I don't get how this isn't more of a problem to more people. Hopefully this reaches somebody. So the Dalai Lama was being used as a tool of the U.S. to work against the Chinese government and the sort of, uh, you still see bump stickers about this, the free Tibet movement. Right. 
It's just so surprising that the Dalai Lama is technically a U.S. secret agent. I could see that being a movie. Government funded the Seth Rogen. Government funded Freedom Fighter. I just can't wait for uh, Seth Rogen to play Dalai Lama, <laughs> secret agent, and have uh, James Franco. <laughs> well, that's probably true. I want you to realize how much money there was going to the Dalai Lama himself. Now, there was the Free Tibet movement that was in there dismantling the Chinese infrastructure themselves. But Dalai Lama got $180,000 per year starting from the late 50s all the way into the mid-70s. That's, That's crazy. at least 15 years worth of just cash. Fat stacks. You know, as much as I feel like we keep on going today, I want to say shout out to the fans. I'm surprised we have any at this point that uh, reached out over Instagram to uh, touch base. I feel like we need to pick back up on part two of conspiracies that 100% happened. And if there's certain parts of this episode that we talked about that you specifically want more of a deep dive in or you have your own stories about, or just want to reach out, reach out to us on Instagram at Invasion of the Weird. Or uh, if you want to physically be on the show, leave a message at anchor.fm slash Invasion of the Weird. For now, signing off, I'm your host, Agent H. I'm the G-Man. And the truth is out there. We'll see you next week. We'll see you sooner than that. Adios.